It feels bloody wonderful is how it feels. Reaction to the news, 237 Canadian cruise ship passengers have been waiting to hear. Plus... The public has reacted in a way that we've never seen before. How unnecessary medical supply purchases by the general public could be putting the vulnerable and healthcare workers at risk. And... Now we're asking people, if they're going to church, not to do those things. Adapting to the new COVID-19 reality as the virus spreads. You're watching Global BC. This is Global News Hour at 6. Good evening. Thanks for joining us. We begin tonight with some great news for hundreds of Canadians on board a quarantined cruise ship that's been stuck off the coast of San Francisco. They are among the thousands stranded following a COVID-19 outbreak. The Grand Princess is now finally being allowed to dock. The Canadian government plans to get them off the ship soon, and we were able to break that welcome news to a B.C. passenger. Paul Johnson has our top story. Finally, a plan to get off the Grand Princess. It feels bloody wonderful is how it feels. That's Canadian Robert Grubb hearing from Global News Sunday about Ottawa's plan to bring the Canadians on the ship home. Robert and his wife Dorothy are from Surrey. I would rather be on Canadian soil under Canadian medical care, if that's necessary, than here in the United States. It took days for U.S. officials to finalize details to get the 3,500 passengers off the ship, where 21 people so far have tested positive for COVID-19. The ship will likely dock Monday in Oakland, and the 237 Canadians on board will be flown to Trenton Air Force Base in Ontario where they'll be quarantined for 14 days. It's fantastic. That's what we've been working for. Daughter Melissa Fitzgerald has spent the past few days working every angle to find a path home for her parents, who've told her they've been confined to their room as meals and general conditions on the ship have deteriorated. They also said that the window doesn't open in their room, so they've been in a 8 by 8 room without any fresh air or being able to get out and walk around. It's no surprise that a couple of hundred Canadians would be on a cruise to Hawaii in the peak of the winter season. Many presumably making their plans long before the outbreak or when it only seemed to be circulating in Asia. Elderly people in particular are warned now to think differently. No large crowds, no long trips, and above all, don't get on a cruise ship. Paul Johnson, Global News. Well, the unprecedented warning from B.C. health officials not to travel on a cruise ship right now prompted a terse response from some in the cruise industry. In a statement, the Cruise Lines International Association said in part, with the proactive measures put in place by the cruise industry based on prevailing guidance from global health authorities, arbitrary restrictions are unwarranted and could have long-term detrimental effects on the Canadian people and economy. Legislative Bureau Chief Keith Baldry joins us now. Keith, U.S. officials, as you might have just heard, are also mm -hmm. echoing what Health Minister Adrian Dix said yesterday. Yes, uh, Adrian Dix making it clear yesterday that the daily briefing, cruise ships are not a place you want to go near uh, right now, folks. I talked to Dix today. He points out he's not anti-cruise ships. Uh, he's been on a cruise himself with his wife on the Alaska cruise ship, so uh, he's not anti-cruise ship. But right now, uh, the situation is such that all sorts of things uh, are new in terms of make, turning cruise ships potentially into Petri dishes. And here's his comments from yesterday. 
essentially no cruises uh, yet. Our cruise season hasn't started in British Columbia, and uh, the federal government and the cruise industry and ourselves and many others are in discussions, and we'll be in discussions about that. But those who are considering going on cruises, who have bought tickets on cruises, need to very seriously consider their position. And if you're asking my advice, I say don't go, just to be clear. Now, a lot of you may be wondering why there's been no daily update today from Adrian Dix and Dr. Bonnie Henry, the provincial health officer. Uh, basically a day off uh, today, but tomorrow they're going to get back at it. There will be another daily briefing tomorrow, I think, in the morning, and no confirmation yet, but I'd be very surprised, Colleen, if we don't see more cases identified that have been identified since the last briefing uh, Saturday morning. So that, again, should take place tomorrow. All right, Keith, thanks for that. There were more new cases announced across the country today, including an Alberta case connected to a B.C. traveler. The expanding outbreak is prompting many to rethink their normal daily activities, including on this Sunday, how they worship. Grace Key has that part of the story. At the Holy Cross Anglican Church in Vancouver, many of the normal practices observed during service are being put on hold due to concerns with COVID-19. We didn't share the communal wine. Um, we didn't, uh, where it was only one person handing out the wafers and they made sure they washed their hands first. And then also because it's a Japanese Canadian church, instead of shaking hands, we just bowed to each other instead. The Diocese of New Westminster issued mandatory guidelines that includes withdrawing from the common cup, draining the holy water stoop and suspending the exchange of peace. They aren't alone. Other faiths are also taking extra precautions and the health minister offered similar advice. One of the great things that most churches do is uh, do a lot of hugging and handshaking. And we're asking people, if they're going to church, not to do those things. In St. Peter's Square, Pope Francis delivered his Angelus blessing via live stream instead of from his usual spot at the Vatican Palazzo window. This was to discourage large crowds from gathering in the square as the Vatican confirmed its first case of the coronavirus. And new cases are being reported in Canada. There are now four probable cases in Quebec after a woman developed symptoms after returning from a cruise. Two new presumptive cases in Alberta brings the total to four. And a confirmed case there is connected with a BC man. We now believe that the source of this infection was a travel companion who had previously been a passenger on the Grand Princess cruise ship. This travel companion is now a confirmed case in his home province of British Columbia. And on Saturday, six new cases were identified in BC, bringing the total to 27. That includes two elderly patients at the Lynn Valley Care Centre in North Vancouver. Grace Key, Global News. And late today, Ontario announced a total of three new cases in that province. The outbreak at the North Vancouver Care Home has also highlighted the increased challenges facing caregivers right now. As Kristen Robinson reports, not only do they risk greater exposure to the disease, medical supplies needed to do their job are also dwindling due to public demand. Lynn Valley Care Center under an outbreak protocol similar to influenza. After two residents and a care worker tested positive for COVID-19, the worker, BC's first known case of community transmission. Now obviously we know with COVID-19 that the mortality rate is much higher, so I think that everyone's on heightened alert. The group representing BC's senior care providers admits its members and the families they serve are nervous but says workers are being vigilant to stop COVID-19 from spreading into care homes. 
It is a stressful time. Adding to the stress, the surge demand for medical supplies. Surgical and N95 masks, gloves and alcohol-based hand rub being bought by people who aren't sick. The public has reacted in a way that we've never seen before. Safe Care BC says a survey of its members revealed 57% are reporting issues ordering protective medical supplies. The public urged to follow the U.S. Surgeon General's recent plea to stop buying masks. People who are elderly with immune uh, systems that are compromised with comorbidities are the most at risk of being impacted. So we have to make sure those supplies get to the people that are there to, to keep them safe. The province says it's coordinating masks for health authorities and anticipates there will be sufficient supply for care needs during the COVID-19 outbreak. Kristen Robinson, Global News. In Kirkland, Washington, the outbreak has now claimed the lives of 15 residents at the Life Care Center. There were 120 residents at the facility in February. Since then, 26 have died, although it's not known if all of the deaths are related to the coronavirus. There are currently 55 residents at the center who are being kept in isolation in their rooms. Several employees are also showing symptoms of COVID-19 and are no longer working. Across the U.S., at least 21 people have now died from the disease. A popular Asian grocery store chain says it won't be capitalizing on consumer panic over COVID-19. TNT Supermarket says it's committed to keeping stock on shelves and won't engage in surge pricing. While some websites may be boosting prices as demand goes up, the store says its prices will remain the same in the coming weeks. TNT staff are also required to self-isolate for 14 days at 50% of their regular pay if they return from countries with a high COVID-19 infection rate. And another sign of just how everyone is more alert given the global outbreak. An Air Canada Express flight from Calgary was held on the tarmac at Kamloops Airport for about 20 minutes and passengers were not allowed to disembark while officials dealt with a sick passenger. In the end, the traveler was not deemed to be seriously ill and did not have flu symptoms. The airline says out of an abundance of caution, all passengers were questioned and later released by emergency medical services. In other news tonight, several people managed to escape a burning chalet on Mount Washington last night. Flames ripped through the Alpine Village Chalet at around 10 o'clock. Eight people were inside at the time, but all got out safely before firefighters arrived. The Mount Washington Fire Department's four members were assisted by the neighboring Oyster River Fire Department, which sent 15 firefighters. Crews stopped the flames from spreading to nearby structures. It took three hours to get the fire under control and another 12 hours to douse hotspots. It's still unclear what sparked the blaze. Two Victoria men are set to appear in court tomorrow on murder charges. 33-year-old Nathan Monsoor and 38-year-old Lee Hart were arrested Friday and charged with second-degree murder in the death of 41-year-old Sean Campbell. Campbell was attacked at a home on Kerry Road in Saanich in September of 2018. He died in hospital five days later. Police believe Campbell and the accused knew each other. Richmond RCMP are seeking witnesses to a mob attack that left a man with serious head injuries. It happened at around 5.30 Saturday morning in front of a restaurant in the 5300 block of Number 3 Road. The victim was brought to hospital with a significant head wound after allegedly being attacked by a group of people. He remains in stable condition in hospital. 
Police say it appears the attack was targeted. The suspects left the mall parking lot in two vehicles. Anyone with information is asked to contact Richmond RCMP. A new nonprofit organization advocating for road safety has been formed nearly two years after the deadly Humboldt Broncos bus crash in Saskatchewan. Safer Roads Canada is founded by families, including some Humboldt Broncos parents living in the Okanagan who have lost loved ones in crashes involving semi-trucks. As Shelby Tom reports, they want to help prevent future tragedies. This is kind of where I can uh, come out and have quiet time and think and remember. Lawrence Hunter's garage is full of humble Broncos memorabilia. This one's personalized on my right. Gifted by strangers in the wake of the horrific bus crash that claimed the life of his son, 18-year-old Logan Hunter and 15 others nearly two years ago, shaking the country to its core. Lawrence says as the spotlight fades, their mission to spare others the grief they've experienced has not. A phone call was one of the ones that no family ever needs to... Uh, receive. Lawrence and his wife Ginny are founding members of Safer Roads Canada, advocating for improvements to Canada's commercial licensing and training programs. Right now, BC is the only province west of Quebec that hasn't adopted mandatory entry-level training legislation, or MELT, for Class 1 commercial truck drivers. Good kid. Ginny traveled to Victoria this past December to encourage the BC government to catch up with other provinces. It's now March. It's been almost two years since the Humboldt crash, and there's been no melt implemented. The Ministry of Transportation said on Sunday that a final decision is still down the road with no timeline provided. In late February, Canada's Transportation and Road Safety Ministers approved a National Safety Code standard for entry-level commercial truck driver training. However, Safer Roads Canada says there is no timeline on implementation and time is of the essence. Very frustrating. We're trying to work with our government officials to increase the advocacy for change. Those changes they'd like to see include designating commercial truck driving a skilled trade, developing a standardized training curriculum and a graduated licensing system, turning their grief into action for safer roads. We are using our life circumstances to make the lives of others better. Shelby Tom, Global News. Some members of the Kelowna Fire Department found themselves in a sticky situation on Saturday. They spent the day at Kelowna Toyota attempting to break the Guinness World Record for the most stickers on a car at one time. The stickers are one inch by one inch and were made especially for the event. To break the current record, the Corolla hatchback must have been covered with at least 41,454 stickers. And it's about a six-week process for them to go over all the evidence. We have to provide video footage, picture footage, testimonials from two judges that we have here. The process takes a little bit of time. And at the end of the day, if they don't feel that we gave sufficient enough uh, evidence to break the record, then they have the say of saying that we didn't break the record. And the fundraiser is, or the event rather, is also a fundraiser. The fire departments have their boots out with the goal to raise $10,000 to split between the Kelowna Fire Department and the West Kelowna Fire Department, which both support several local charities. Good luck to them. As we count the number of new COVID-19 infections in B.C. in the single digits, it's a far different scenario in Italy. Tonight, 16 million people are in lockdown in the region known as the country's financial hub, with no one allowed in or out of the region. 
In the war against coronavirus, Italy chose the nuclear option, a complete lockdown, a quarantine of 16 million people, twice the population of New York City. A region that includes Venice and Milan, its financial capital, a quarter of the country's population, nobody in or out until April 3rd, in a country already on the verge of a recession. Weddings and funerals have been banned. And take a look at soccer powerhouse AC Milan's game today. No fans allowed. In a Rome suburb, parishioners gathered to celebrate mass outdoors. Religious gatherings have been particularly hard hit from the virus here and around the globe. Iran, another outbreak hotspot, has canceled Friday prayers for two weeks running. The Church of the Nativity has closed its doors in Bethlehem, the birthplace of Jesus. As nations adjust to the new normal, what no one can predict is how long it will last or just how bad it's going to get. Charlie Daggett, CBS News, Rome. In China, at least 10 people have been killed when a hotel used as a quarantine center suddenly collapsed. 71 people were initially trapped. 23 people are still missing. The hotel was being used to isolate and monitor people arriving from regions where the virus is running rampant. A race in Bahrain is going ahead, but fans will not be allowed to participate. Bahrain's Grand Prix will be restricted to participants only due to ongoing concerns about the novel coronavirus. Authorities say the decision was to preserve the safety of citizens, residents and racing fans. The race is scheduled for March 22nd. U.S. Senator Kamala Harris says she will do everything she can to help former Vice President Joe Biden become the Democratic nominee. The former presidential candidate was one of hundreds of people who participated in a reenactment march of Bloody Sunday. The event pays tribute to the historic moment on March 7, 1965, when police attacked thousands of civil rights marchers on Edmunds Pettus Bridge in Selma, Alabama. Harris said she believes the former VP can help unite the country. She says the task now is to make sure people in Michigan and all over the country vote. That's the challenge before us now is to, to, to reach out and to speak to people and to touch them, as all of the leaders who crossed this bridge did 55 years ago, to remind folks that they are not alone. We are in this together. We are in this fight together. Today, celebrations and demonstrations around the world and here in Canada to mark International Women's Day. In Montreal, hundreds turned out for a march of diverse women. They say they are mobilizing against violence, poverty and discrimination. South of the city, in Kahnawake, Mohawk territory, members of the community gathered to celebrate the traditional role of Indigenous women. And you might call this a grassroots event. A giant portrait of Swedish teen activist Greta Thunberg has been unveiled in England to mark International Women's Day. The 200-foot-long artwork on an elementary school playing field took students four days to create. They chose the 17-year-old as the woman or girl who has inspired them the most. She's really um, inspirational, but also she she really cares about what she's doing. She doesn't just do it for like fame or anything. She, she really um, cares about the climate and our environment. An annual fireworks festival kicked off in Mexico. The town of Tultepec, just north of Mexico City, is famous for its pyrotechnics. 
But the week-long festival is not without its risks. Every year, several people, people suffer burns from standing too close to the action. Well, usually small plane crashes end in tragedy. Not this time. This small plane went down in a Florida neighborhood after attempting to land at a nearby airport. The Okaloosa County Sheriff's Office shot this video of the plane tail up and entangled in trees. Officials say two men and their dog walked away unharmed. And there's no word that anyone on the ground was hurt either. It's unclear what caused the plane to come up short of the runway, but it's being investigated. And have a look at this. A wild police chase in California involved crashes and an attempted carjacking. A suspect in a red minivan sped along freeways at times exceeding 160 kilometers an hour. Eventually, the driver attempts to split two vehicles that were stopped at a red light. But he gets stuck after attempting to carjack another vehicle. Police were able to surround him and arrest the suspect. Have to fly and worried about COVID-19? What you can and cannot do to avoid germs on board. We're going to have that right after Yvonne's forecast. And Yvonne, I understand there was a little bit of fog this morning that I might have missed because with the time change, I might have slept in just a little bit. <laughs> Understandable, but it actually worked out quite well. Here's a quick glance at the fog that we did see this morning. Fog patches, and it'll be very similar once again for tomorrow morning. A heads up. What we do have is these clear skies overnight and for the morning hours. The winds are very light. That's when the fog develop so we'll have that for the morning hours and then dissipating through the afternoon and the weather picture today was fantastic the sunshine peaked out especially towards the afternoon we've got dry conditions we can see that overlooking English Bay this evening temperatures are sitting at six the high today we bumped up to seven degrees the average for this time of the year sits closer to 10 with the time change a quick look at some of the numbers the sunset this evening now will be just after seven o'clock and a look ahead over the next three weeks for example it'll be at 740. Spring officially begins. It'll be March 19th. That's the earliest that we've seen and 850 officially in the evening hours. So we'll be looking forward to that with some bright evenings ahead. So overnight tonight, chilly once again, bundle up for the early morning hours. We'll have those fog patches, a mainly sunny sky for tomorrow and similar to what we saw today, temperatures will climb up to seven as the high. This evening, we do have a bit of cloud cover along the North Shore Mountains, a very slight chance to see an isolated shower, a weak ridge of high pressure is going to build in the central and southern half of the province will benefit and it's the northern half of the province this is the next weather maker that is going to move in monday a dry day but on tuesday the system starts to push its way towards the south and then we'll see the return for some wet weather that looks to be the blip in the forecast rain moves in across the north coast areas will see very wet and windy conditions inland even starting off with a few flurries and then changing over to rain and then by tuesdays we'll see the bulk of the moisture moving in across metro vancouver much of the south coast will even see a chance of showers overnight. Here's what we're tracking for the northeastern corners of the province. Chilly, wind chill at minus 18. The wind's picking up tomorrow with gusts of up to 60 kilometers per hour. White horse, very windy, a few isolated flurries over the next two days, but not much in terms of accumulation. North coast will see the chance of showers or wet flurries overnight and for the early morning hours. Bulk of the moisture is going to start to fall on Tuesday and continuing to be unsettled for Wednesday. Caribou and central interior, morning fog patches, afternoon sunshine, a southerly wind, gusts of up to 40 
kilometers per hour, Colombian Kootenai. We can see the blip in the forecast for many spots on Tuesday, starting off as flurries and then changing over to showers. Tops in Okanagan, chilly for tomorrow morning. Wind chill will feel like minus 10 by the afternoon, closer to 7 degrees and sunshine in the mix. And Whistler overnight tonight, the wind chill will be at minus 10 with some morning fog patches. Once the fog dissipates tomorrow, it'll be beautiful right across the south coast. Get out and enjoy it. We will see temperatures tomorrow climbing up to 7 by the afternoon and then Monday overnight to Tuesday showers popping up but the bulk of the moisture and the heaviest rainfall likely will be on Tuesday through the day and then rebounding very quickly on our Wednesday back into some sunshine and a high of nine. Colleen? Looking good. Thanks Yvonne. The COVID-19 outbreak continues to impact travel around the world. Iran Air has announced it's stopping all flights to Europe until further noticed. Airlines across the Middle East are taking extra precautions against the virus in Dubai. Emirates Airlines is sanitizing aircraft. Any plane suspected of carrying a person who's infected is deep cleaned for up to eight hours. The death toll in Iran has risen to close to 200, one of the highest fatality rates outside of China. Now, a lot of people are wondering, how do you stay safe if you have to fly? Well, it turns out there are some things you can do to protect yourself. To fly or not to fly, with cases of coronavirus spreading worldwide, travelers are on edge and doing everything they can to stay safe in the skies. I'm really worried about just being in the airport because we get people from all over and you, know, you never know who you're coming in contact with directly. Do you feel safer wearing the mask? I do. But are masks effective? The CDC says they should be considered for sick travelers with respiratory symptoms, like coughing and sneezing, and for passengers sitting near others with respiratory symptoms. While a lot of flights to affected areas have been canceled, for anyone who does decide to travel, doctors say precautions on planes are key. It's safe to get on a plane, but use your hand hygiene. Try to avoid people who are coughing and sneezing. But if you're older, if you have underlying illnesses, you have to ask yourself, is this really an essential trip? But what else can you do? In a perfect world, you'd be sitting next to the window because obviously your exposure here is the least. If you sit in the middle seat, this is the worst because you have people on both sides of you. In fact, no matter where you're seated, the CDC says people who are within six feet of a traveler with coronavirus are at medium risk of getting the disease. And what about what you're breathing on board? According to the International Air Transport Association, there's filters on planes that actually get out about 99.9% .9 of airborne microbes, which means the air quality on the cabin here is actually as good or better than your office. Also, before takeoff, pay special attention to cleaning surfaces, any place other passengers have touched, including armrests, those metal seat buckles, plus the front and backs of tray tables and digital screens on the seat backs. Finally, use a tissue or wipe on the handle opening the bathroom doors, flushing the toilet, and turning the water on and off in the sink. Small tips that could make a big difference for a healthier time in the skies. Sam Brock, NBC News. Barry's here with a look at sports, and you have some breaking news. Yeah, that's why that's why I wasn't here like I usually am. <laughs> lots of stuff's been going yeah. on. All good news for Canada, so that's all I'm going to tell you right now. It's a, it's a tease. I don't want you to leave. I don't want you to hang around.
Thanks, Colleen. Vancouver's uh, Rugby 7 stop has been an incredible success. It is considered the best on the HSBC Tour for atmosphere and sheer volume of fans. But this weekend, our Canadian men's side gave those 40,000 fans in the stands a thrill of a ride with their best-ever on-field performance. Canada went 3-0 on Saturday, winning their group, setting up a cup quarterfinal with Spain this afternoon. A fantastic atmosphere, as mentioned, under the dome is... Canada took to the pitch against the plucky Spaniards, ranked lower than Canada, but still a tough match. Canada wasted a little time getting on the board. Lucas Hammond trots in, 7-0 Canada at the half. And then in the second half, they put this one away. Theo Sauter springs Justin Douglas. The pride of Abbotsford races in for the try. Canada takes care of business. A confident 21-0 win over Spain to advance to the Cup semifinal. Their first one this year and the first time ever in Vancouver. But next up, a much tougher assignment against Australia. BC Place, all jacked up for this one. Plenty to cheer about. Richmond's Nathan Hirayama using that great speed will take it in. But uh, before touching down for the try, flips it to uh, North Band's Harry Jones so they can get a better spot under the goalpost for the conversion. Maybe a bit of a risky play, but... The two good friends know what they're doing. Canada led, but it was tied at 7-7 at the half. Second half, Aussies get a couple of quick ones. After scoring on the ensuing kick, they uh, bat it back to Latchy Miller, who races in. 12 quick points. Australia led 19-7. But we know Canada will never give up. Victoria's Mike Fulafau keeps his fight, uh, keeps his legs there, keeps fighting, barges in for the try. It's 19-14, and then Canada forced a late turnover. One last chance to get in, and it's Theo Sauter who will make a desperate lunge to touch it down. Now, is he in? They had to go to video review, and he comes up agonizingly short, literally an inch. Canada with a game effort, fall 1914 to the Aussies. But still a chance to play for third against South Africa, ranked number two right now in the series. But Canada playing as well as anyone. A great start. Isaac Kay to Justin Douglas. Had a fantastic weekend. Takes it in 7-0. South Africa did go up 14-7. But Canada in the last possession of the first half, using their speed and quickness, Harry Jones, North Vancouver boy, will take it in. Great movement there, 14-14 at the half. And then Canada went up 21-14, and then they will add to it as they spread the width of the field beautifully. And it's Nathan Hirayama diving in for the tryout. I guess his family was sitting right down below in that section. What a moment for him. Canada holds on for an historic 26-19 win as they take the bronze medal. Look how excited Harry Jones is. Best ever finish. What a thrill for the players, almost all of them from B.C., and we'll hear from them tonight at 11. The Canucks got some encouraging news today. Brock Besser skated with his teammates this morning for the first time since his rib injury suffered a month ago. He definitely won't play tonight versus Columbus, but he says he's close. So maybe in the next week, his return will give the Canucks a big boost on a lot of levels as they make their playoff push face off against the Jackets tonight at 7. Big game tonight in Calgary, Flames and Golden Knights. Calgary starting the day, three points up on Vancouver. They have played two more games than the Canucks, but it's all very Vegas early, already up 1-0. Nick Holden converts on the 2-1-1. And then in the second, 
Max Pacioretty with his 32nd on the power play. 3-0 Vegas, but the Flames get one back. Milan Lucic does it all. Chips with the puck past the pinching defenseman. Three-on-one break. Looks like he's going to pass, but Luch shoots and beats Robin Lehner. Five-hole. Luch's eighth. 3-1. And then on a power play, former Kelowna Rocket Dylan Dubé fires past Lehner. That made it 3-2. And that's where they stand right now in the third. In the East, Carolina Hurricanes at Pittsburgh. Rod Brindamore's Canes starting the day out of the top eight. First period, two-man power play. And Evgeny Malkin blasts the one-timer to make it 2-1. to one. But second period now tied at two. Jake Gardner on the power play. His point shot beats uh, Surrey's Tristan Jari, who's had a great year in the Penguins net. 3-2 Canes. Third period, Justin Williams, the 38-year-old veteran, rejoined the team about five weeks ago to give them some leadership. An offensive punch scores on the deflection here. His sixth goal in 18 games. That's pretty good production. 4-2 Canes. Later, Williams tallies again as the Canes move past Columbus into the second wild card for the time being. 6-2 win over the struggling Penguins. Briar final right now from Kingston. Alberta's Brendan Botcher, who's lost the last two finals, taking on Brad Gushu of Newfoundland and Labrador. Gushu, two Briar wins, 2017 and 18. Third end, showing his quality here, executes a perfect raise double to score three and take a 4-1 lead. Jump now to the eighth. It's 5-2 and difficult shot for Betcher. Unable to pull it off. It's a steal of one for Newfoundland. And right now, it looks pretty good for Brad Gushu. He is up 6-3. That should be now 6-3 playing in the 10th. Welcome back. Give the Whitecaps credit. They showed some character last night in L.A., spoiling the Galaxy's home opener with a gritty performance that netted a 1-0 victory. It was a big bounce back from that tentative effort in their home opener. The Caps played with belief, and it made the difference as they get their first win of the young MLS season. Marcus Santos was forced to make a late lineup change. Dependable defender Jake Nerwinski hurt himself in training Friday, so Yanni Obikel replaced him. And in the first half, Bikel and goalkeeper Max Crepeau get their signals crossed. Fortunately, Sasha Shelson missed a wide open net. Caps' best chance of the first half came off a free kick. Indiom with the nice delivery, and he rose with the header, but... Just missed. Off the crossbar. Nil-nil at halftime. Second half. Whitecaps on the attack. Ali Adnan loves to go forward into the box. Then feeds Toussaint Ricketts, who will finish beautifully. The veteran from Edmonton gives the Whitecaps a 1-0 lead. Moments later, Joe Corona of the Galaxy will stomp Whitecaps captain Russell Tybert on the foot. Second yellow for Corona, which means a red card. So L.A. was down to 10 men. And shortly after that... More pressure from the Caps. It results in a penalty. Ricketts pushed down in the box. So a chance for the Whitecaps to put this one away. Lucas Cavallini, the newcomer, they paid him to score all the goals. But, oh, not much of an effort on that. Tried to go down the middle, which works sometimes, but not that time. But it didn't matter. Caps hang on for the 1-0 win. They're now 1-1. One one. They're home to Colorado next Saturday. English Premiership, Manchester Derby, United at City from Old Trafford. 30th minute off the free kick. Anthony Martial times the volley perfectly. Slams it past Ederson to make it 1-0 United. And then in stoppage time, Man City keeper Ederson with the uh, wayward throw here. Scott McTominay will seal the deal 
McTominay. Well, United win 2-0. They move into fifth, which uh, would get them a Champions League spot next year because City is ineligible for next two years because of their suspension for overspending. NBA tonight. Raptors continuing their Western trip in Sacramento. Mark Gasol back after missing a month with a hamstring injury. Pascal Siakam, great pass to Norm Powell for the power dunk. Raptors almost healthy. Norm Van Vliet not back yet, but everyone except for him. Pascal Siakam with the spin move here. Raps look good early. We're up 20 to 9, but Sacramento's come back to lead by one early in the second quarter. And Lakers and Clippers, LeBron versus Kawhi, the Battle of L.A. Clips won the first two meetings this season. Kawhi with the driving dunk here, two of his 27 on the day. The Clippers led 53 49 at the break, but in the third, the Lakers surge in front. Anthony Davis strong to the basket and one 85-81 Lakers after three in the fourth. LeBron takes over. He does that once in a while. Nice feed to Davis for the jam. Davis led the Lakers with 30 in the late going. LeBron with the exclamation point. 28 points, nine assists. Lakers take it 112-103. Now lead the Clippers by six and a half atop the West. And we've got some golf to finish off. Final round of the Arnold Palmer Invitational from Bay Hill. Major-like scoring conditions, high wind, tough course. Only four players broke par all week. Englishman Terrell Hatton, one of them. Tee shot at seven. That's beautiful. The two feet would make the birdie. Hatton had a comfortable lead, but a double bogey at 11. Brought him back to the field. Australian Mark Leishman playing in the final pairing with Hatton with a birdie. He's a former champ at this event, so he's within one with a couple holes to play. Comes down to 18, bit of a knee knocker, two and a half footer for the win, but Hatton knocks it in. His first win on the American PGA Tour. He had four wins in Europe, but this his biggest victory. Abbotsford's Nick Taylor was 56th and the Players' Championship goes next week, although Tiger Woods will not play. A knee knocker. That's what they say. You know, it's a lot of uh, a lot of money on the line there. One point three million dollars wow. uh, for two and a half feet, which is more than the two dollars we play for. But I still miss them. So <laughs> no, it doesn't matter. Me too. It's just the fact you have to make it. <laughs> Thanks so much, okay. Perry. Um, listen, there are so many moments that happen when you think when you think no one is watching, but increasingly <laughs> someone or something is. And it's about your as you're about to see. So many of those moments are good ones. When we think no one is watching, we found your wallet. Our truest selves are revealed. We just thought we would give it back to you. So. These kids in Colorado returning a wallet. This FedEx driver folding a customer's American flag correctly. FedEx worker Mel Marlette in Missouri caught on camera going above and beyond. Grabbed the shovel and like I've done many countless times before, started shoveling and I cleared the stoop up. Shoveling Jody Lafreniere's walkway. I think we're so eager to catch that person doing something wrong. We hardly ever catch anybody doing something right. There are, it turns out, so many people doing right, like sanitation worker Billy Shelby, who spotted 88-year-old Opal fall in her driveway. And when she fell, of course, I jumped out the truck and uh, ran over there, and I could tell she was in distress. Since then, he's added a new duty to his route. Her daughter watches it unfold from her phone. I see the sanitation worker walking my mom up arm in arm. They were just having some great conversation. No one else had never done that, but he does, and he still does. I just knew I was doing the right thing. You know, uh, doing the right thing ain't hard to do. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Then there's this video. Two-year-old Cohen running, arms outstretched, toward pizza delivery man Ryan. 
I thought it was so funny that my toddler just ran out and hugged a stranger. His mother shared the video online. Ryan saw it and posted, this little guy has no idea how much I actually needed that this week. Upon going to his Facebook, that's when I saw the GoFundMe and that his daughter had recently passed, like within the last week. My heart absolutely breaks for the family. It, I can't imagine what they're going through. A hug with an impact. So many little acts of kindness adding up and finally being seen. I learned that there's still good people in this world. You truly never know what people are going through, so always choose to be kind. Words to live by, right? Mm -hmm. There's a few good ones left out here on the One planet. or two. Yeah. One or two. Here's a look at your snow report for tonight. Whistler Blackcomb with two new centimeters, two for Cypress and eight new centimeters for Sasquatch. Five new centimeters of snow for Manning Park, seven new centimeters for both Fernie and Kicking Horse. Nine new centimeters for Big White, four new centimeters for both Silver Star and Sun Peaks, and 19 new centimeters for Apex. 17 new centimeters for Mount Washington, 13 for Whitewater, Red Mountain 17, Powder King a base of 425. Okay, on this International Women's Day, we are ending the show with two very accomplished women. BC's top doctor has been praised for her handling of the COVID-19 crisis, and now people are thanking her online. The Dr. Bonnie Henry Fan Club Twitter account appeared last night after news coverage showing the BC Provincial Health Officer tearing up as she announced an outbreak of COVID-19 at a North Vancouver care home. Considered by many a turning point in the spread of the coronavirus here in BC, Dr. Henry became emotional when she spoke about the impact on senior citizens as she's had on-the-ground experience with epidemics and pandemics around the world. Followers are saying she's been the steadfast voice of the COVID-19 crisis, providing calm and expert advice to British Columbians. How nice. Last night, Saturday Night Live said goodbye to one of the show's popular political characters. Here's part of Senator Elizabeth Warren's opening segment. Well, now that you're done campaigning, do you have any regrets? You know, not at all. I am so proud of our campaign. We built a wide coalition of teachers, preschool teachers, middle school teachers, and teachers' pets. <laughs> and not only did I not accept money from billionaires, I got to give one a swirly on live TV. <laughs> but now, I've got time to do a little self-care hanging out with my dog, Bailey, prank calling big banks, drag racing Subarus, <laughs> avoiding Twitter. And before I go, I wanna thank my supporters and say one last thing. Hi there, how are you? my favorite outfit to thank you to thank you for all the all that you've done in your lifetime so. uh, I'm not dead I'm just in the Senate right. <laughs> okay you're right oh so let's let's stay in this fight okay. and let's do this live, live from, from New, New York, York is Saturday, Saturday night. Nicely done. Very good. Good for her. It's funny, one of the things I'm going to miss because the uh, the field is dwindling so much in the Democratic uh, race is all those great characters that have been on SNL every week. <laughs> they need the material. It's they been need good the material. material. <laughs> no kidding. Um, sunshine on, 
tomorrow, but we have fog in the morning, okay. so heads up, but sunshine right. for the afternoon. Thanks for joining us.